I have been speaking in churches, conferences, conventions for well over 30 years now. And for probably the last 15, I have filled out a similar form that Jessica referenced. I will have to admit, this is the first time ever anyone's actually taken me up on my offer. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. But it's always a privilege to speak here in this chapel and to have the opportunity to not only worship together with you, but to proclaim God's word. I serve, in addition to being a professor here, as the director of mentored ministry. And our offices had, for many years, one of those flip calendars that went day by day. And what was unique about this particular calendar was for each day, it listed a different holiday. And there were a number of different holidays that you, know, you would be accustomed with, right? Christmas, Valentine's Day, Fourth of July. But there were also some, shall we call them unique holidays? that were often listed in there. Here's just a few, and you'll see them on the slide here. January 12th, one of my favorites, National Kiss of Ginger Day, right? That may be more difficult in the age of COVID, but still, okay? February 1, National Dark Chocolate Day. March 14th, National Pie Day. Think about it for just a minute, right? March 15th, National Napping Day, which I think really should be a national holiday, right? The, uh, May 4th, International Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. September 5th, International Bacon Day, 19th, International Talk Like a Pirate Day. But then I noticed this on November 13th, World Kindness Day. And when I saw this, my first thought was, we have to have a certain day just to celebrate kindness, right? Well, one of the heroes of my childhood was the inimitable Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, day by day, would come on in his television show based out of Pennsylvania, and he would begin to proclaim the various pieces of what it meant to be a good human being. And one of the things that um, has become associated with this National Kindness Day is Mr. Rogers himself. In fact, as a homage to Mr. Rogers on this particular day, there is a certain hospital, McGee Women's Hospital in Allegheny, Pennsylvania, which when every child that is born on that day gets a special surprise in their crib. And if we can put that picture up there. They all get dressed exactly like Mr. Rogers, right? Someone has taken the time to create these beautiful clothes in miniature um, just to celebrate World Kindness Day. And while I am a huge fan of Mr. Rogers, having both seen him growing up and my kids as well, and especially the impact he had on how we understand and treat children, one of the things that I've come to realize in reflection as I've looked back over his shows is one of the interesting things is Mr. Rogers never actually tells people to be kind. What he does do is he suggests that we need to love and that we need to forgive. Because in his way of thinking, if we love and forgive, kindness will be the natural outcome of that. So as we continue through this semester, this series on the fruit of the Spirit, I want to be blunt in what I'm about to say. As we reflect over this last year, kindness is in short supply. COVID-19 has brought a lot of fear and division. 
to badly quote Mr. Shakespeare, to mask or not to mask? That is the question, right? Social media has become a place of vitriol, hate, and bitterness. Posting almost anything has the possibility of opening the door to the trolls, and thus the divide that occurs. And of course, the current political divide has literally pit family member against family member, as we have sought to figure out best way forward. For many, family gatherings that occurred at Thanksgiving and Christmas were tense at best and very hurtful at worst. And that's why I think it's so important during this semester that as we celebrate and look at the fruit of the Spirit, that we focus today on this issue of kindness. You see, in his commentary on Galatians, acclaimed commentator James D.G. Dunn suggests that what Paul had in mind regarding the fruit of the Spirit is a kind of character sketch of Christ, if you will. In other words, that when we look at these attributes, these characteristics, that these are all reflective of who Christ is, and thus the type of person that we should long to be as well. And of course, if we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we have to hearken back to the very first sermon in this series that was preached by Dr. Donjel, where he told us that love is the fruit of the Spirit. And all the other dimensions of behavior and dispositions come out of love. So if we're going to talk this morning about this issue of what kindness is, then what we're really talking about is loving kindness or what the Micah passage refers to as hesed. When we think about this type of loving kindness, what we tend to think almost exclusively about is the relationship of God and humanity, this covenant that God has established with us. And while that is central, perhaps even foundational, to this idea of loving kindness, I want to suggest that we also have to recognize that there is a parallel dimension, and that is what it means to enjoy kindness to practice love as a community-oriented activity, one that is expressed concretely by protecting and helping those who are in need and through expressing a sense of solidarity with one another. You see, when God's people commit to this type of deep love for this covenantal relationship that God has established with us, that power of that covenant impacts our commitment than to reach out and deeply love all those who are part of our relationships. Therefore, in human relationships, hesed means simply loving our neighbor, not merely in terms of warm emotional feelings, but in acts of tremendous service and love to the other. And as just a side note, Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan reminds us that we are called to extend this kind of loving kindness to all, not just those that we like. Of course, we recognize that this type of kindness is not natural for us, right? I don't sit around most of the time thinking, how can I serve others? My human nature says, why aren't people serving me? Why aren't they doing things that'll make my life better? And so that's why I think we have to remember that according to the Galatians passage that we read earlier, this fruit of the Spirit, and specifically this true loving kindness, is always the work of the Spirit in our lives. It's never something that we can do in and of ourselves. 
Rather, it's a generously oriented disposition, an orientation of our hearts toward others, even when they don't deserve it, and even when they don't love us in return. Did you see God himself is kind in this way? He was kind to us, Scripture says, even when we were his enemies. And so we imitate God's kindness by practicing loving kindness to all, even our enemies. You see, I believe it is the followers of Jesus Christ, we have a special responsibility to be, as St. Francis of Assisi once famously prayed, instruments of peace, and I would add instruments of kindness to all. Now, there are many ways we could do that. I'm going to offer some suggestions, but understand this list is by no means exhaustive. Be aware of those who are struggling in our midst and figure out how we can offer a kind word or a helping hand. Obviously, in the age of COVID, it has radically impacted people's health. It has radically impacted people's finances, their job situation, relationships, the ability to gather a myriad of issues. How can we begin to be beacons of hope and light into those situations? If someone cuts you off while driving, as happened to me on my way here this morning, can we, instead of getting angry, can we say a simple prayer for them and remind ourselves that everything is still good? When we're confronted by someone who's itching for a fight, whether in person or on social media, can we choose to not engage? Or perhaps better yet, can we simply offer a prayer or blessing on that person? Can we thank the delivery person, the person who has brought the multitudes of packages that we have ordered from Amazon over the last 11 months, the multitudes of meals that we've had delivered to our house, the people who are putting their lives often at risk so that we don't have to? Can we assume that we don't always know or recognize the intention behind others' words? And can we learn to offer grace instead? Can we invite someone to lunch just to get to know them better? And perhaps even best of all, can we pay for them? You see, in summary, loving kindness is a lifestyle. It's a daily practice. It's a habit that we develop over time. It's an intentional choice that takes time and patience on our parts. It's a giving of ourselves even in the busyness of life, even when we're too tired at the end of the day. As Christians, we are called to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and yes, kindness. But we also have to remember, growth takes time. A seed doesn't simply transform into a gigantic tree overnight. But with careful watering, tending, and patience, slowly, day by day, that seed grows into a strong, towering tree. And I think it's the same with each of these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. We must be faithful every day to bear these fruits, in this case especially kindness, because we have experienced the ultimate kindness— and that God first loved us and offered us his grace and forgiveness. So therefore, being kind should be the default mode of all believers, 
an automatic response, a habit of goodwill, a heart of continual service that seeks out the best in others every day of the year. Of course, this is only response or possible when we allow the Spirit to guide us. And that's why we come to the table. Because here, we not only receive God's kindness, but we are empowered to then share that kindness with others. So as we prepare today to receive the Eucharist, may the Spirit guide us as we seek together to be instruments of kindness for the Father's sake. Amen.